Well, hello, podcast world. It is Podcast Wednesday here on FNO InsureTech. You say Wednesday, but these go out on Friday. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, don't you think people want to know that? No, I don't think people care what day we recorded it. I think they want to be told Happy Friday on the day that they... What if they listen on a Wednesday? Maybe people think it's live. Maybe it is. <laughs> I don't think anyone thinks it's the podcast live. is live. No? Yeah. No? But I guess, I guess there is a percentage of people. There's probably uh, one out of seven chance that they're listening on Wednesday. There you go. And so they would be more comfortable. They'd say, yeah. oh, wow, it's live. Yeah, so you're uh-huh. alienating the other you know, percentage, but that's fine. Can we get back to uh, the business at hand? Mm-hmm. Happy, okay. happy Podcast Wednesday. Thank you very much. It's Podcast Wednesday, and this is Rob Beller, your co-host on FNO InsureTech. And with me today from Waco, Texas, is none other than the one, the only... Lee Boyd. Mr. Lee Boyd. And we're just sitting here uh, before we started today talking about Lee's claim experience. Yeah. Lee is a claimant. He has a roof claim, and it's been quite a process. Yeah. Uh, And not exactly painless. Is that fair to say? It is fair to say. Today, today I experienced... Uh, neighborhood chat where I'm actually getting a roof put on my house and I had three different neighbors show up at my door to talk about roofs and talk about claims and uh, gripe about insurance companies or be positive on insurance companies. So I was in the real world scenario of what happens during a claim. And share one thing you learned from that little chat that you had today. Uh, The number one complaint was lack of communication, Mm. not knowing what the next step is. Either if it was a denied roof or a paid-for roof, the number one complaint was lack of communication. Well, speaking of chatting and communication, that happens to be what our guest is about today. We have with us today Miguel Fernandez, the CEO and co-founder of ClaimBot. That is very exciting. Uh, Miguel is a really entertaining guy, a lot of experience and a lot of interesting things to talk about. Uh, I think that we'll get to hear a lot of great things today. And I think that Miguel would say or might say that a solution like his would uh, enable better communication process to happen during a claim. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would allow all of my neighbors to have a platform where they could go ask questions and be connected to uh, the solutions or the answers. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to, to talk to him. Yeah, instead of frustrated neighbors standing in yeah. the street talking about how much they... Yeah, I, I don't know where to go. Right. Let me just gripe about it with everyone else. Yeah, so... Uh, We'll go to our interview with Miguel, where we hear how to stop uh, having griping customers and instead having happy customers and a positive customer experience with ClaimBot. And here's our interview with Miguel Fernandez from ClaimBot. Hey, everybody. We are here on Podcast Wednesday, which is a little unusual. And we have a special guest with us today. Coming to us from Texas, like we, like us, and that is Miguel Fernandez from Claimbot. How you How you doing, Miguel? Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Good morning. It's a pleasure to have you. Are you in Austin today? I'm in Austin, Texas today. Absolutely. 
That's cool. So Austin is like this this little insurtech hub. hub, right? Yeah. Austin is a vibrant insurtech uh, community. Yeah, surprisingly so. We have a lot of uh, insurtech activity going around here. Myself as the founder of Claimbot, uh, but then I'm the organizer of a group called InsureTech Austin. We have 400 members, and wow. uh, there's a lot of great startups here in town, and it makes me a better uh, founder and InsureTech professional. I have a lot of advice surrounding me. That's that's cool. Do you guys? Is there a lot of cooperation among uh, among the community? Yeah, for sure. It's almost uh, uh, founder therapy sometimes, right? Like you you have <laughs> other people who are in situations like your your own, and you, you get advice on how to to overcome those situations. Um, but also kind of veterans in the community. So we have a, a lot of like veteran uh, insurance folks that that have sold technology to insurance for years and years, and you need to understand uh, what it really takes. Um, so there's a lot of advice and uh, camaraderie going around here here in Austin, which is actually something that I think characterizes Austin in general outside of InsurTech. It's just a place where people kind of go like, how can I help you? You're trying to move right. on. Here. Let me introduce you to two or three people. You know, it's kind of that kind of vibe. It's kind of a collaborative, cooperative um, environment. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things about Austin. Yeah, being down there in Austin, you probably get to talk to some of the, uh, you know, people who work on the legal side. Uh, being down in the actual capital of Texas, right? Yeah. So uh, on Thursday and Friday is the Insurance Council of Texas Symposium. And that's really kind of that that area of uh, of our business. So I'll, I'll be there learning about that as well. That's awesome. Well, let's uh, let's jump in and talk about Claimbot for a few minutes. Give us your elevator speech um, on on Claimbot. I uh, just real quickly met Miguel at a plug and play event this spring, uh, and I saw his pitch, which was really good. So if you could just share with us. What the heck is Claimbot? What do you guys do? And, uh, and and let's hear that. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. So Claimbot is a Google-backed insuretech startup. We're based in Austin, Texas, and we're on a mission to make every interaction between insurance carriers and their customers better by leveraging artificial intelligence. So we're working with customers like Audi. Uh, we have customers in the uh, home insurance space uh, that customer is called Puerto Rico Home Insurance, and we have customers in the roadside space as well, which is Omadi Roadside Assistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best way to illustrate what it is we do is to, to just tell you a story of how a insurance customer can interact with Claimbot's technology to, uh, to make those processes better, right? Great. A uh, story I love telling is a woman who's in downtown Atlanta, stranded in a parking lot in a hospital, and uh, she needs a jump start. So she comes to our customer's website and she has an option. She can either call for roadside assistance to get that jump start, or she can interact with a virtual assistant that was created by Claimbot. And even though it's three in the morning and she's scared and in duress, she chooses the virtual assistant and uses the virtual assistant to provide her location, her vehicle details, service details, and is able to get a jump start um, quickly and seamlessly without ever talking to a human agent. So we've been looking at that type of interaction for the last uh, two years and seeing incredible results. That's cool. Can you, can you share uh, a story uh, for our carrier audience, how that might work um, in, uh, in an insurance situation? Yeah, for sure. So you can deploy ClaimBot. With one single snippet of code, you can add ClaimBot as a chat box 
to the bottom right of your desktop website, right? Or you can add it um, in mobile so that when I get to your contact us page, there's a phone number there or it says use our virtual assistant. And then in your browser, you can start interacting with your branded virtual assistant that is really, it's a white labeled solution powered by CleanBot. Or you can add a, a call forwarding option to your call center. Thanks for calling Acme Insurance. If you want to raise a claim, check the status of a claim or quote a policy using our virtual assistant from your smartphone, press one. We deflect that costly call away from your contact center and send that customer a text message with a link to our virtual assistant that allows them to self-serve. We then configure the virtual assistant to identify that insured and allow them to complete the process that you want them to complete, uh, let's say, FNOL, for example. So we hear a lot about chat bots uh, in the claims space. What is a chat bot? <laughs> what is a chat bot? Is that what you guys are? Um, we like to consider ourselves a virtual chat engine. So we use artificial intelligence to help customers find answers to their questions. But then uh, we use conversational flows to allow you to complete a process, right? So we're able to automate processes that your customers ask about. So what's the minimum on policy? Will my policy follow me when I'm in a renter's vehicle? We need to fetch those answers for customers. But then when customers ask, um, I had a claim, how do I file it? Um, ClaimBot provides the ability for you to do submit the claim now. And ClaimBot has the flow for you to send your address, validate your policy, upload the images of your damages, and then we create those records in the backend systems of the carrier. So that's really fascinating. I'm very intrigued by ClaimBot and by what all it can do. Uh, so on our website, we have a lot of repetitive things that, that happen. We have people who write in the same question all the time. Uh, you were saying with a few lines of code, we could actually add this to our website. How difficult is it to, to educate the claim bot to actually answer you know things the way we need them answered? So because we've been focused on insurance, we have out-of-the-box insurance intents that we're able to handle from day one. Um, we then consume an FAQ. Um, about your content and your knowledge to then train our system to be able to answer accordingly. If sometimes our customers don't even have that knowledge base, they don't have that FAQ, our services team helps you uh, create that. So in a two-week, four-week process, we're ready to handle you know, fetching answers on your behalf. But fetching answers is really not that valuable, right? That's not that painful that someone's asking, you know, when does my policy expire or how do I raise a claim? And then you send them to some other uh, interface, well, that's kind of a pain in the butt and it makes people call. Uh, it doesn't solve anything. What's really valuable is going from that answer and that question to the process that is associated with it, right? So I need to raise a claim. Oh, raising a claim is like this. Click here and within the virtual assistant that ClaimBot configures for that carrier, now we're going to go, okay, Rob, I need your address. I need your policy number. I need images of that damage, right? I need comments. I need an estimate. And ClaimBot is able to present those flows to you so you can self-serve without ever speaking to an agent and then creating that ticket or that record in the core system. Does that make sense? Yeah. So basically you can use ClaimBot to uh, obtain documents and phrases and things like that, put those in into your actual system and then process whatever the request may be. Absolutely. Really fascinating. I see it as a, as a big 
I guess, puzzle kind of, right? Putting all the pieces together and making sure everything fits and everything goes where it belongs. What is the adoption rate or how do how do insureds in this scenario enjoy working with a virtual assistant? Okay, so our beginnings are roadside assistance, which is part of the insurance ecosystem, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. So remember the story of the lady in the hospital? Yeah. When people are faced with that decision on whether or not from a website in the roadside use case, whether or not to call or use the virtual agent, we're seeing 44% of customers choose the virtual agent. Okay. When customers call, thanks for calling, press one to use our virtual assistant from your smartphone, 17% will you turn away from the call center to the virtual agent. Yeah. Now that's kind of the, the appetite, right? Like do people really crave to solve problems in this format? Those are our customers. Now, once they get into ClaimBot, can they complete the process? So we have some data from roadside assistance and some data from home insurance. So in roadside assistance, we see, give me a second, I need to get this number right for you. In roadside assistance, we see that once people arrive in our bots, 70% of people are able to give us everything we need to complete first notice of loss, all right? Who are you? Where are you? What is the problem? What is the asset that has the problem? Um, that's first notice of loss for a auto claim, basically. In the home insurance space, we very early on did FNOL for Hurricane Maria claims in San Juan, Puerto Rico, where I'm originally from. I'm in Austin uh, via my wife, but I'm Puerto Rican. And in that case, we saw 83% of users able to complete first notice of loss using ClaimBot. And 75% of those users were submitting photos. So this is an interesting, this is a a really interesting story, right? So Hmm. Puerto Rico was off the grid for about five weeks. We had built the FNOL flow for Puerto Rico Home Insurance, which is one of our very first customers. And it was clear that when they came on the grid slowly but surely, everyone had taken pictures of their property damage probably right after it happened. Right. And we were getting buckets, you know, of 12, 15, 20 photos at once from from claimants. Um, So it was a very interesting kind of uh, signal of how powerful what we're building can be. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about uh, two different scenarios I just went through. My wife uh, was recently working out and she works out at a park. And uh, I went out there because her car wouldn't start. And uh, I, I went to Ford Motor Company's website and I needed... Uh, roadside assistance, and I could make a phone call or I could work through a a, a web form. Uh, and I picked the web form and I was able to do everything through that. I didn't really want to talk to somebody, tell them about the scenario. I just wanted to actually get the, the information written down and to them. A second scenario is whenever I filed a claim. I didn't want to talk to my agent. I did it all online because I wanted to make sure I wrote down exactly what happened uh, and I wouldn't be misunderstood. And I really didn't, you know, I did it at 6 a.m. in the morning. I didn't want to wait till 8. Uh, so me personally, two scenarios popped up where I would have chosen the, the claim bot in those scenarios. So I think, I think you're absolutely on, on with those stats. Yeah. And um, there's a myth that it's only younger people and millennials who want to interact uh, this way. Um, if you know anything about Puerto Rico, it's an aging population. And 66% of the users for the Puerto Rico Home Insurance Hurricane Maria claims FNOL were older than 50. Um, so we really believe that this is bigger than bigger than people want to admit it is. 
I agree. I agree. I don't think that there is a, a age difference anymore like the myth says. Yeah. Uh, my mom is more likely to file something online than she is to call. Uh, she's on her phone all the time. She knows how to text. She knows how to do all that. She's going to uh, use that as an application for filing claims or doing whatever she needs to in the future. Lee, you told me you had an experience with an auto claim recently and, and another claim, and you, you preferred to do it online. Were you on desktop or, or on mobile at that time? I was on mobile. I actually never really use a laptop or a desktop for anything other than work. So I only do mobile. That's, that's an interesting, um, I love that comment, right? Because most of the solutions that are built for insurance are built for internal insurance users, right? It's the agents or the adjusters who sit in our offices and solve problems on their desktop. And yeah. we're never on our desktop. So right. by default, what we're deploying for the insurance industry is not going to be self-serve or it's not going to be easy to make it self-serve. And I think that's part of the frustration, right? That's part of the reason we still have so many calls and manual processes is because the big companies that create these solutions are really thinking about internal customers, not us as customers and end users. Right. Yeah, I think that's true. In fact, at my house, there's a desktop and I was thinking today, why do I have that desktop? We haven't logged on to that desktop since December uh, because we have our iPad or we have our iPhone. Uh, even at work, I spend a lot of my time in a separate building and I'm always on my phone. I, anything, if I can't do it on my phone, I just typically can't do it. So I think you're right. We have to be able to focus on that actual mobile device. Yeah. And that's what will drive innovation forward, right? When, when the bar is not, can the claims portal be used by the person in the call center, the bar has to be, can the claims intake be used by someone who's not being paid to use it? Yeah. And that's when we'll move the needle. Let's talk about the customer experience for a minute, because this is really about customer experience at the end of the day, yes? I consider ourselves a customer experience company, not an AI company, and that's why I shy away from uh, the word chatbot. I, I believe customer experience is the most important word in this conversation. Why? Because you need to be focused on customer experience. AI is technology. If AI served the customer experience, then that's great. It means that Lee is going to complete the process without calling the contact center, right? But if you're just focused on code, um, code is only good for the people who got paid to develop it. It's only good if it helps Lee give me the seven things I need to complete a property claim, right? That's the goal. And we use artificial intelligence when we need to but we can grab images and parse text on images and use OCR when we need to parse text from a, from a document, right? We use Google Maps to suggest the next step or the next places. We use APIs to get data from systems. Understanding freeform text or voice is coming and we will use it smartly, but what we're great at is launching customer experience uh, flows that help our customers complete the processes that cost insurance companies a lot of money. So you want to develop a pleasureful, if there's such a thing with a claim, but a, but <laughs> but an easy to use, intuitive interface, so that so that even old people like me can get on this and and feel comfortable and and use it easily. Simplicity, I would think, is critical. Yeah, and in order for it to be simple. You can't hard code it to one use case. You, you can't just say like, oh, ClaimBot is for roadside assistance claims or ClaimBot handles home insurance claims. 
uh, you need to build abstracted building blocks, pardon the, the, the redundancy there, right? But abstracted building blocks to launch these experiences at scale and then plug into the different systems, right? So if Lee has a roadside claim, I need to send that to one system. But if Rob has an auto claim, I need to send it to another system. And if Miguel has just an FAQ question, well, I should just answer that myself, right? Right. So what do you do with ClaimBot whenever uh, the the human aspect is needed? What do you do when, when the, the system cannot answer a question? How does it get back to a human? We work with an Audi-owned rental car company called Silvercar to help with everything from FAQ, reservation assistance, to triaging roadside and auto claims. And we work very, very closely with their customer service team. They have 10 agents and a call center in Austin, Texas. So when a user asks ClaimBot a question, so ClaimBot is Silvercar's virtual assistant that has been built by ClaimBot, we answer it, right? Um, if they ask a question that is associated with the process, right? So, hey, um, I need to add a ski rack to my reservation. No problem. ClaimBot knows exactly how to do that for you. And then it creates that ticket in the appropriate system. But then if the customer trips up or st stumbles the process or the bot or needs help, we then escalate over to live chat if a live chat agent is available. And when we do that, the agent sees the context and says like, oh, this is Lee. He was trying to add a ski rack in Arizona, but he wasn't able to give me his confirmation number, right? If live chat isn't available, we have the dynamic business logic to say, send them to the call center and we present that phone number. And if the call center is closed, we have dynamic logic. This is like, get Lee's email and create a ticket in their system so he gets an answer tomorrow, right? So we have scalable systems to understand how it is that your service operation works. And then we have integrations to give that operation the context it needs to say, hey, Lee, I see you were with our virtual assistant. Let me help you get that done. So you consider yourself a, cus a customer experience company. Um, and one of the things that I'm always kind of focused on uh, as being somebody who works in sales is what's in it for me. So what's in it for the carrier? Hmm. There's there's a lot in it for for the carrier. Um, first of all, the basic economics of the contact center, right? So you have a hundred thousand calls, and they probably cost ten bucks a piece, and you've got a million calls. Just taking care of fifteen percent of those drives one hundred fifty thousand dollars in savings, and it keeps us happy as customers. That's that's really really valuable. Now, bigger than that, so in like catastrophe and hurricane claims, now all of a sudden you got an operation that's bringing in a whole bunch of people, right? So I, I spoke to a prospect recently, Hurricane Harvey, they bring in a bunch of people and the people get it wrong. So the people who are contracted to do FNOL intake get it wrong. And then they had to hire contractors to go clean up the data for a bunch of unverified claims that they had. Meanwhile, during the storm, your customers are waiting on a line and ticked off that the thing that they've been paying for all these years is actually no good. So you're now losing the lifetime value of a policy, right? So, so now all of a sudden you have a system. The typical agent can take a thousand calls a month. Claymont can take 40,000 sessions every minute or every second, actually. I got to ask my CTO. I think it's every second. And you're getting uniform proper right data into your systems in a scalable way when there's a surge or spike event. That's valuable. So Miguel, 
what's been your experience in selling to carriers and working with carriers and getting them to move towards making a tech, making the kind of investment that they need to make to go forward with with Claimbot? Has that been? I'm assuming it's been slow, a slow process. We've we've been at it for a while, but I think it's the natural process, right? So, honestly, virtual assistants, chatbots, and AI for customer service really exploded in May of 2016, which is when we launched our company. And it was typical for the type of verticals that really adopted it quickly, you know, like airlines and and e-commerce, and you know, they they kind of like went ahead. It's going to take a while for insurance to get there. And I think that's normal. So through the through the last two years, it's been an education process. But as you get the data, as you show them customers' appetite to do this, and as the standalone carrier startups, right, people who are selling insurance in this fashion, people who part of their proposal and their value proposal is to have claims this way, you can see that now carriers are ready to engage and really interested in these solutions. We recently have talked to quite a few carriers about straight through processing. And we had a, a Tony Triola on with Liberty Mutual the other day. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it gets me thinking about uh, Claimbot. Do, do you see a day where you could use the technology in place to ask the right questions when somebody filed a claim, maybe a property or auto, where you could use the intelligence and say, because you answer the claims this way, your loss is estimated at X amount. Therefore, I will write you a check. Do you see a day when Claimbot could be integrated with estimating platforms and financial services and be a one-stop shop? Yeah, absolutely. We, we want to be a, a unified front end that is kind of the universal intake for all those disparate systems. Because those disparate systems are not giving you the front end digital experience that you need to interact with your customers. Um, Claimbot unifies that. We internally at our company, we make a lot of uh, d- decision trees where if this, do this. If they say this, then yes, we can we can work this claim uh, via the phone. I see I see your system being the exact same way. And I really don't see if you could connect with all of the right uh, systems, why you couldn't do that. I don't know if you can now. I don't know. I don't know the actual legal regulations around financials and things like that, but I think it, I think it could be doable. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's, there's a discussion to be had and we have this with our customers. Like there are things that you want to keep on your end. There is logic that you want to manage on your end. And we really kind of move without the ball according to what you tell us to do right? Because you want to use several vendors like Claimbot, not just Claimbot. So it can't be hard-coded into Claimbot. We want it in the core system. And then Claimbot's going to be able to move according to what you tell us to do. It's like, hey, Miguel, if that is a renter's claim and it's less than X and you can validate that that's the policy, go ahead and hit this system, which is going to go ahead and send Rob a check. But that decision is made, made in your system. What we're good at is gathering the data to be able to triage it. You know what, Miguel, this one, I want you to send it over to the specialized claims team. This one goes to the glass provider. Um, these images, send them over to this provider that analyzes them, right? Like, let's skip all those cogs and grab the information from Claimbot and make the decision on what system needs to interact with which claim. I like that. I, I love I love that. I love that, that you're able to send it to the right person and that that's actually your mission is not to be 
all encompassing, but to be able to do really good at what you're doing. Yeah. Thanks. How in the world did you get into this? Where, where, where did this come from? Tell us a little bit about, um, yourself and, and how Claimbot came into being. Yeah, that's a great question. It's a fun one, right? So, um, I'm a product guy. I was a product manager leading a team of engineers at a social media software company here in Austin, Texas. All right. That's, that's my background. I'm, I'm good at leading engineers, building software on top of the APIs that we now have to, to deploy awesome solutions. That's, that's my last gig here in, in Austin, Texas. But I had a failed startup prior to, uh, to Claimbot. I actually, I tried to do a digital crime watch. All right. So have you ever used Nextdoor in your neighborhood by any chance? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so in uh, November, December of 2011 in San Juan, Puerto Rico, when my, my family and wife were, were living in, in San Juan, where I'm from, I launched a digital crime watch in my neighborhood. And um, <laughs> it was an incredible and beautiful failure. And part of that failure was there was a bunch of people complaining and complaining about barking dogs and really silly things. And it was making our product really noisy. And I was like, everyone's going to unsubscribe from this digital crime watch because it's so noisy. Noisy. So my, my CTO looks at me, he's like, I'm going to build a moderation flow. Like we need technology to moderate this stuff. And I'm like, we don't know where this startup is going to go. Don't build anything. I'll go interview a bunch of call centers. We'll send them an email or a text message and we'll pay them a buck or two bucks to moderate those, those alerts for us. And, uh, you know, if they're urgent, send them to everyone. If they're not urgent, send them via email, right? And I interviewed 10 contact centers that provide services for, you know, not just Puerto Rico, like Latin American call centers for the entire region. And they showed me these charts and the charts said like inbound, they would take a call or a live chat outbound. They'll do anything. They'll send you an SMS. They'll send you a pigeon. They'll do Morse code, whatever you want on the outbound. But inbound will only take a call and only do live chat. And it was clear to me that these companies were protecting their, their beans, their lunch, right? They want to handle the call. They want to charge per seat. They want to charge per minute. And that there was definitely technology just with SMS to deflect those costly. I, I interviewed an insurer back then, and he told me he was paying $13 for that call center. I was like, wow, if I can send that to a text message, would you pay me a buck or two? And I knew from very early on as I failed at my digital crime watch in my neighborhood in San Juan, Puerto Rico, um, that these vendors were not serving the carriers that uh, that they work with. And uh, that's why I'm here. <laughs> Let, let's talk about SMS for a minute. Uh, we, had a, we had a guest on just recently and we talked about uh, SMS in general. Do you have compliance issues um, in using SMS or are you um, excluded from is Claimbot excluded from that because it's it's peer to peer? It's not marketing. No, so we're we're very careful about all compliance issues, especially when we have a phone number and we're sending a customer a text. So, um, for clarification, Claimbot works on can answer questions on SMS, Facebook Messenger, desktop widget, or full blown conversational experience on any mobile phone. Right. So we're a central brain that is able to absorb questions, fetch answers, or the processes associated with that answer, right? Like, how do I file a claim? Here's the process. And we can do that in SMS, and we send a link to the beautiful 
UI that allows you to share location and get suggested adjusters and schedule an appointment, right? Like you can't just do SMS. That's too limiting. Like we don't want to limit customer experience to the characters in SMS. We bring it, we use SMS to bring users into our incredible interface for frictionless customer experience. Back to your question. We can do proactive outbound SMS, right? Like, hey, an event is coming. God willing, you don't need us. But if you do, here's our virtual assistant, right? Or reactive. Thanks for calling Acme Insurance. Press one to interact with our virtual assistant. Now, we will control subscriptions and preferences for your customers to each one of those, cha those channels. And we handle unsubscribes and subscribes for you. Um, so it's, it's really easy to get. So um, there is an opinion on, on whether or not when I press one from a call center, am I really complying? Like, am I, am I accepting for you to, to send me an SMS? And right. we work with our carriers and their compliance teams to make sure that we're, that we're kind of in check with them. Yeah. And I think that's really the, um, the uh, key is to make sure that, that you're checking on those things all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. And SMS is like, SMS is a great channel. We all have it. Um, I call it like the new school, old school push notifications. I don't want to download an app. Right. Um, so why can't I use SMS as a notification system that then brings you into the beautiful UI that ClaimBot provides on any browser, right? So, hey, Rob, we're missing, uh, we're missing some images on your claim. Uh, click here to submit them. You click, you open, and you get to this beautiful experience that allows you to pick them from your gallery or take those pictures right then and there. I love that. I would like to go back to something you talked about at the beginning. We're always interested in um, in backing and starting companies, the entrepreneurial spirit, uh, things like that. Uh, but you had mentioned that y'all are backed by Google. Uh, is, is that right? Did I understand that right? Yeah, we just raised a, a pre-seed round of capital in February, and that was led by Google. So what is it like being backed by Google? Is there Is it just finances or do you get an opportunity to actually get into any of Google's uh, smartness? I guess I would say. The team at Google that invested in ClaimBot is the Google Assistant Investment Program. So they are the team that invests in startups that are innovating in voice and in chat. Wow. So that gives us access to a team that helps us get the latest and greatest on NLP, um, voice and artificial intelligence. So the the leader of that fund sold what is now Dialogflow. So he sold API.ai, which is basically the NLP engine that Google uses now. He founded that company. So that gives us incredible access to, to awesome advice. And then as a founder, what it does is it, it kind of gives you that, um, like, mom, I'm working at ClaimBot. What the heck is ClaimBot? Oh, it's a Google-backed startup, right? We need right. to bring the best talent to this company. And that really helps. You know, it really helps to, to be able to have kind of that, that last name in our company. I mean, it's one of the biggest names in technology. And so to be associated with it is an amazing validation. I'm sure it makes it, oh, it, it's a door opener. It, it is. Now, when I speak to the insurance world, they kind of always ask me the same thing. Like, well, wait, do I got to use Google tools? <laughs> You know, are you married to Google? And we and me and my advisors as a founder made sure um, that this made sense for us. So we are agnostic. We use a lot of Google's tools, uh, but it doesn't make sense to tell, let's say, a humongous global conglomerate has a big deal with uh, Microsoft Azure and they have Microsoft's kind of NLP services. 
It's like they're paying for that at a global level. Why would we have the American division of that global insurer have to double pay ClaimBot for our solution? We're agnostic. If we need to send um, text or voice to a service that you already have, we're able to do that and are happy to do that. We think that's, that's a lot smarter. Yeah, I would absolutely say that. Well, so we've talked a little bit about the past, right? Kind of where all you've you where you've come from. Uh, where do you see uh, the future of InsureTech? So let's look at at Claimbot. Let's look at ten years from now. Let's look at all the technologies combining. Where do you see InsureTech and the insurance industry in the future? Man, it's it's been so incredible to to kind of join this wave and and see how much progress and how much talent is is surrounding us when we go to you know when I met you guys at Plug and Play, I think it's it's going in the right direction. I think that the startups that are selling policies, right? So the the lemonades of the world that are competing directly with carriers are going to force the carriers to to innovate. And then I also think that the the other vendors in the ecosystem are going to have to start offering this type of solution to really differentiate. So I, I see a lot of a lot of changes on how it is that we interact with consumers and a great opportunity for Claimbot to be right in the middle of it. And and what about the future of Claimbot? Where do you see it going? Like Lee brought up a, an interesting point or an interesting idea earlier that really intrigued me. And that was the idea that through uh, a, a few different systems and technologies that a claim could actually be settled. AI could read the pictures, understand what the policy is, understand what the deductible is, and say to them, yes, we think you have a claim, here's a check. There's amazing application possibilities out there for the future. Where do you guys go from here? Let me paint a, a little picture for you. Imagine an, an auto claim. And I've, I've seen this. So this auto carrier has a telematic provider that has like a, a usage-based ba- usage or good driving kind of program. And that has an app on an iPhone. And then they might use someone to, uh, to process images and estimate damages using AI, someone like Snapsheet, right? And that's another app that a customer has to download to upload a couple of pictures. And then they might work with uh, someone in glass for glass claims. That's a phone number that's exposed, right? And then they have a roadside provider, and that's another phone number that's exposed. And then they have their own standalone app. So every time you add a vendor to the stack, you have a new silo. And the only person who's capable of navigating between all those systems is a contact center agent who's paid to do it, who's like, you know, command tab through all these windows, right? The customer experience is you can tell it's siloed. Press one for this, and it's call forward one system. Download this app. Download that app. I got five apps to do an auto claim. Right. Where I see it going is Claimbot sits on top of all of those. Claimbot is so scalable and so configurable that it can do the intake for all of these and take those images when we did the auto claim. Those go automatically to whoever you're using for AI analysis of images, right? Um, it takes the the claim and lodges it in the FNOL system at the same time in the core system, right? So we're the point guard that triages all of this to all of those systems. And in five years, the carrier says, you want to be our vendor? Integrate with ClaimBot. ClaimBot is the way we interact with our customers because you as vendors limit the way we interact with our customers and you make us look bad in front of the competitors who have all this amazing customer experience out there. So you're the, you're the platform. We are the platform for a unified front-end intake for any customer interaction that an that a customer has with an insurance carrier. 
And the name Claimbot needs to be blown up because we're already doing quoting and purchasing of policies uh, for a customer in Australia. Um, it's across the board. I love that. I think that's a wonderful uh, future. Yeah. And, and you know what? You can't get there, right? You got to go one by one. What is it that we can do today for you? What is it? You know, is it going to be proactive, preparing for kind of catastrophe? Is it uh, deflecting from a call center? Uh, is it on the claim status? You know, is claim status what we got to chip away at first? Um, but let's get that in front of there. Let's build the case together so the rest of the company can see um, the value this can drive versus all these disparate vendors are trying to sell services on top of it, right? Like, oh, no, we'll do a custom. So no, this is this is what we're going to use. Let's talk about conferences for a minute. I saw that you were recently at Connected Claims in Chicago. Yeah. Is that correct? Mm hmm. Tell us, how was that? What, what, what did you think of Connected Claims as a insure tech uh, company out there trying to make your way? Yeah, I would say that, um, you know, these are the games you got to go to every year. <laughs> and then you add one or two, right? I'd say insure tech Connect in Las Vegas, uh, there's just too many meetings to be had. And it's just really valuable network networking. So I would go there every year. This is the advice I give to kind of uh, prospects I talk to. Um, I think dig-ins. Uh, puts on a great program here in Austin, Texas. Um, InsureTech Austin, our meetup that I run, is is a big part of that. I think it's a great conference as well, and the timing is great. So you go to dig-ins in May, and you go to InsureTech Connect in October, and you've covered most of your bases. And then if you're in the claims world, you add something like connected claims. If you're in the analytics world, you add something kind of more point and like that's more catered to your specific discipline. I thought connected claims was was a great program. I've actually gone three years in a row. This year, we presented on the innovation stage. Cool. Last year, we pitched at the Shark Tank that they had. I love when a conference has practitioners on the stage talking about what they've done and the challenges in doing it, right? And I think Connected Claims had a good mix of that. So it's more practical. Well, yeah, it's just specific to that discipline of, of, of claims. It's hard. You got to filter through all these conferences and make sure that it's not so I'm a vendor, right? But you want to make sure that as an insurance carrier, you're not just going to conferences that have a stage full of vendors pitching their products. You want to hear the VP of claims at USAA talking about claims innovation, not Miguel from Claimbot talking about claims innovation. That makes sense. Right. But by the way, I'm, I'd love to speak at all these conferences and, and I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do they find you, Miguel? Here's, here's your chance. Tell our audience how they find you. Yeah, so our website is claimbotcx.com, and you can find us on Twitter at claimbottweets, at claimbottweets, or claimbotcx.com. <laughs> Perfect. And how do, they, how do they email you? My email is miguel at elephantlabs.co. And that is because I told you guys we need to blow the claimbot name up. Um, we've started in claims. We think that claims is, is the most valuable place to start. Our artificial intelligence bots need to solve those complex interactions first before tackling anything else. Um, we've done that for the last two years and are expanding to a really broad range of interactions for the insurance ecosystem. So that whole elephantlabs.co email is, uh, is protection to see what, what this company is going to be called in the future. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we're excited about ClaimBot and we are excited to have you on with us today. Uh, we're claim people, and so we understand the importance of effective communication and positive customer experience at the most vulnerable time. 
uh, in the carrier process where they can get into the most trouble yeah. is with the claim. And so if you can effectively communicate and keep it as pleasant as it reasonably can be at a traumatic time, that's a key to retention. And retention is uh, one of the key pillars for every insurer. And so we're excited about what you guys are doing and about what you can do. And we're thrilled that you gave us some time today. We thank you for that. Next time we'll be in uh, Waco. Um, I'll, I'll meet with you guys over there. Can't, can't wait to see you and then host you over here at the InsureTech Austin meetup. Wonderful. And you're welcome in Waco pretty much any time, man. Come on up. All right. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Later, guys. Lee, I'm really intrigued by all this chatbot stuff. And Claimbot is an interesting part of that. Yeah, I think, especially recently, we've heard from a lot of different ways to engage with the customer. And that's really what it's about. It's about engaging with the customer. And we've talked about it early on in the podcast series of uh, meeting the customer where they're at. And uh, Claimbot is doing that. They're trying to give options and, uh, you know, a lot of options to the insured or to the customer. And I think that they're doing a really good job at it. I liked what he said about being a platform, right, a communication yeah. platform. And I've often thought that communication is so key in insurance, being able to have and get communication effectively done. So to kind of view it as a platform, I think is innovative. I agree. I mean, being able to tie in to all of the different networks and all the different uh, websites or phone numbers and all that. Uh, he used the example of a of a car, right? Whenever you need to get repairs done or file a claim, you might need glass or roadside assistance and have one platform where a customer could call or, you know, use the virtual assistant to get all that done. That's that's wonderful. I mean, it's building a, a, a brand loyalty. It's building a great customer experience. That's one of the problems that we've seen in InsureTech on the claim side is that there are a number of really cool tools, but to employ them on one claim is not necessarily a seamless uh, no. experience. No, Miguel talked about silos, right? How do you, he wants to bring all these silos and put them on one platform, just like you said. And that's what a lot of the insure techs do. They build another silo. They're really, really cool. They fix the need for what they're doing, uh, but it doesn't encompass the entire ecosystem, as we say. Uh, so, I, I think there's still a need out there. I think that that has not been fixed. Um, and it sounds like maybe he's working towards that. What about being backed by Google? I think that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Having the, the strength of Google or the knowledge that that comes with. Imagine all the extremely smart people uh, who, who you are tied to. There's that whole part as a marketer, I think about the legitimacy. Mm-hmm and the access that that adds to you, that that brings to you by being able to hang the Google name with your name. Right. Is, it's kind of mind-blowing for me to think about all the opportunities that that will help bring to Claimbot. Well, I, and then he was talking about how they are in with the assistants, you know, everybody who does assistance or virtual assistance within that silo of the backing. I mean, it's so big. There's so many. It made me want to get a... a, a a Google person on our podcast and just talk to them about what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that for some people in our audience, this is another example of 
There's so many brilliant people, educated people, experienced people working in on InsureTech, working in this uh, field that disruption is today is inevitable. A- absolutely. It's not, well, are we going to see disruption? It's it's here and it's coming. And, and there's even a bigger wave, I think, that's offshore now and just starting to come into view. Well, think about, you know, you can name Google and Apple and IBM all as players in the insure tech market today. And um, they are out there. They are working on it. I think that disruption will come and will continue for quite some time. Right, right. So the old, maybe we won't see it that much in a couple of years, but in five or 10 years, definitely, definitely in a big way. I think we'll look back on today in five or 10 years and say, wow, yeah. things have changed. Yeah, I very much agree with that. And we see ClaimBot as part of that, certainly. Yeah. And we thank Miguel for being with us. That was terrific. As always, the way best way that you can provide your support to us is to uh, listen and to subscribe to our podcast, which you can do on any of your favorite players or uh, pick one. Uh, pick away on our website, which is fnoinsuretech.com. You can also communicate with us there. And if you're in the audience and you think you'd be a good guest on our show, please let us know. And so uh, thanks, Miguel. Thanks, Waco. And what do we say when we're done? Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>